You're listening to Brick House. My name's Andrew Passaro, and here with the one and only Joe Brennan. This is a brand new podcast for hopefully brand new listeners. Well, definitely brand new listeners, but main goal is pod. Attempt to recreate the magic we once had in a college radio show back in the day. Many moons ago in a small city in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Forgotten by many. Forgotten by most. We, uh, we spent two hours every Sunday recapping our uh, trials and tribulations of the previous two nights. Mainly getting drunk in basements. Yes. And living rooms. Yeah. On the good nights. And porches. A lot of porches. A lot of porches. A lot yes. of porches. Uh, yeah. So, we, we, you know, Sunday night, six to eight, played some cool-ass tunes. Played some ska, played some punk. We were all over the place. Well, but I don't want to. I don't want to dig into that. That's not the important part of uh, what, because we're not that. We're we're, we're trying That's to progress. We're going to progress. Think about the future. Yeah, and and also too, like we were an alternative radio show, and like we have grown a lot since that. I mean, we yeah, we used to listen to a lot of punk, a lot of like noise stuff. But now um, we listen to rap, hip hop, jazz. Mean, we were listening to rap and hip hop, salsa. But yeah, we're getting into more stuff. We're even getting into kind of. De- we're neither of us are like big EDM guys, but we're even diving into some of that stuff. And uh, if it's good music, it's good music. Unless no it's matter country. what genre. Unless it's country. I'll, I'll fuck around with Johnny Cash. I'll, I'll fuck around with Evan Williams and uh, that. Wait, that's no, a that's, whiskey. That's a whiskey. <laughs> I'll fuck around with Evan Williams. <laughs> I'll also fuck around with Evan Williams. Uh, There's somebody I'm thinking of, but it's not important. Uh, But no, one of the things we want to progress is kind of look at things that we wouldn't have before, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's TV shows, movies. Yes, an all-inclusive media spectrum. Yeah, anything creative. And like, we'd love to have anybody who's doing anything creative come on the pod, and it's some of our long-term goals, but... Uh, for day de- for today, let's talk about a long, you know, our, our white whale. Not really, because it was another podcast, white whale. But uh, somebody I think we'd love to interview. Uh, Jonah Hill released his first movie uh, as a director called Mid Nineties, which we saw about eight days ago, nine days ago. No, it was longer than that. It was, it was, it was like I'd say thirteen and a half days ago. I don't know. I'm not good with math. It, I'm not going to pretend to be. Uh, but we saw Mid Nineties, directed by Jonah Hill, and. Uh, it was his directorial debut. How did you feel about the... Uh, I think he did a great job directing the movie. A great soundtrack overall. Uh, great great job casting the characters. Uh, Storyline was perfect. And I like that he kept it short. It was only like, 84 minutes. 84 minutes, including the final credits. Yeah. It was like we got up in like an hour and 20 minutes, which I haven't done for a movie in a long time. Uh, and... The other thing too, I so it is a skateboard movie, and I know people are going to be like, oh, I don't want to go see a fucking skateboard movie. It really... It really wasn't a movie about skateboarding. I'd say it was more of a timepiece movie. Yeah, it was. It it represented life for the lost teenager in in the mid '90s when you know there was so much music coming out, music that would change genres, music that would define genres, and he just kind of represented. He did a great job yeah. hitting all the the main points of the '90s. You know, he had alternative, he had rap, he had everything. And it it also represented a time that all of us felt when we were kind of young and like finding new friends and. He didn't really feel like you belonged, and finding your people, I think, was like a big, overarching point of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it definitely like I related to it. And we we're a little late for that because we we're both born in '93, and this movie is kind of taking place in '95, with the main character being like 13, 14 mm-hmm. years old. So we're '90s kids per se, but not not really. In, in hindsight, it, we're really 2000s. Yeah, we're really 2000s. I remember kids. the corny uh, Doritos logos, and yeah, you know. Yeah. The moon shoes, but but speaking of, you brought up the soundtrack and just some absolute heaters. Probably one of the best movie soundtracks I've heard in a very very long time. Um, I mean, you had stuff from Wu Tang Clan to Jizza to uh, Liquid Swords by 
by Jizzo, which at the moment it came on, I probably listened to that song three to four times a day, every single day for a week and a half. Yeah, like, Notorious B.I.G., yeah, the Pixies, yeah, the Choice Is Yours by Black Sheep, and they even fit in Big L. I've been listening to Big L exclusively for the past two weeks. Also, I thought one of the most memorable moments of the movie was when the Morrissey song came on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I ripped this off from somebody else, but like... You know, everybody was listening to all the hip-hop stuff, but at the end of the day, when you were sad, you went home and you listened to Morrissey. And, and we have different artists for that now, but I think Morrissey will always speak to a generation of, of, of every generation when, when you have that moment, like he has a song for the mood. But there's one artist in particular that, that came up on this out on this whole uh, movie that I think both of us are big fans of, and that's uh, Tribe Called Quest. There was a song from their 1993 release, yes. Midnight Sucka. Mar- Blank, yeah, fill in, fill in, yes. fill in the blank, yes. uh, <laughs> which is off their Midnight Marauders album, which actually dropped today, twenty five years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- Joe and I have this debate all the time: what's a better album, Midnight Marauders or uh, Low End Theory? And I'm I'm Midnight Marauders, and I'm a Low End Theory guy. I have Midnight Marauders on vinyl, and I can listen to it any place, anywhere, anytime. Like I love the flow of it. It's it's in my opinion, it's it's Tribe at their best. It's when Fife and uh, Q-tip were able to go back and forth one two like they had that rhythm they had it established like it, it's you know it's that Bulls team that set you know all the records before the the Absolutely. Warriors broke not, all not to dis Midnight Marauders but Low End Theory is the Bulls team from three years earlier you know it's just as good you know you have Buster Rhymes having that killer verse at the end of scenario you have the, the amazing sampling that they did and you know we got the jazz bugging out excursions it's, they're both phenomenal. Low end theory is more them finding themselves, and then Midnight Marauders is them just at the top of their game, just putting out bangers. You had elect, uh, electric relaxation, you had a ward tour, you had oh my god, I could go on. Like the whole, like even, and the other thing too that I really, really love about Midnight Marauders is the uh, the director or the the the, the, the commentator. The commentator. And so funny enough, so I've done some research on this. That was the secretary at their record label, and they just loved her voice, so they had her do things and like. She was a perfect fit. It was amazing, and it's like the in this case we maraud for ears. Like I'm once we get this pod really like up and going, like I'm gonna have that sample. Like she was a better fit than Morgan Freeman would have been. Oh, definitely. There's no way Morgan Freeman would be able to do that role. Like although this is a shout out to Q-Tip, I, I challenge you to have Morgan Freeman be the commentator on an album. That would be amazing. I would love if for you Q-tip ever to listen to Brick House. Yeah, if, if Q-Tip listens to Brick House, one, can we interview you? Number two, can we just like get a picture with you? And then number three, like you should write music for us and have Morgan Freeman. Yeah, be and a let me make quesadillas for you. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, you can make quesadillas. I will. I was gonna say like let me grill for him, but like I don't know if he eats meat. I forgot what his oh, he deal. Oh, might be a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. I can make some vegetarian tacos. Yeah, like, yeah vegetarian tacos would be pretty lit. Mm-hmm. I'd be there for that. Uh, moving on. Also, twenty-five years ago today. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan dropped the 36 Chambers. Amazing that on the same day, two of the best rap albums to ever be I would know, say graced I, to people's ears. I would say those are two of the top five album, like rap albums from the 90s. I'd say two of the top five rap albums ever. I mean, that's that's very that's very sayable. I would, I would also put up there Illmatic by Nas yeah. came out in the 90s. I'd put... Uh, pro, uh, I put Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg. Biggie's first album, Ready to uh, Ready to Die. Ready to Die, okay. Ready to Die has to be in that top five. I could also put which Tupac album? 
the double album, his first album on uh, on yeah, Death Row. That that album fucking just kills. I love that. I used to not be a Tupac, guy, so it took me like now you've seen the link. Well, it also helped that I went and see that that movie that they that he put out. They put out a year ago, All Eyes on Me. Actually, funny enough, how was that? Um, I really enjoyed it, but I think part of that was because I hadn't really done like a deep dive into who Tupac was and, and everything. And it, it also like, it played basically every major hit he's ever had was on that sound, on that movie soundtrack. And it really gave me kind of like a, an introduction to him that I'd never had. And any hip hop playlist I have on Spotify has to have Tupac somewhere in there. There's a song that Tupac has done that fits that mood. Like there is, there's a 100% chance. I mean, for a guy who died so long, young, he went super platinum he had a ton of hits. He featured with a ton of very popular 90s artists, whether it was Dr. Dre, whether it was Snoop. I mean, he worked with awesome people. Um, but going back, I mean, going back, let's let's divert back to where we were. Wu-Tang Clan with Enter the 36 Chambers. I don't think anybody has ever released a rap album with... I don't the, think any the amount of members in that crew and they were all just so dynamic like d- between Jizza and Raekwon respected that you guys it's like they all were so unique and they each I think all of them got major label deals after that and they, they I've read this that they they all purposely signed with different record labels that's very because smart. they didn't want to like have like a beef yeah they didn't it's not the beef thing it was more of like a financial thing where like if they spread themselves out, they were all taking money somewhere from the record labels, no matter what. Where it's like if they all went to the same place, that they were making this, everybody was making the same place rich. Where it's like instead, it's a great business. Yeah, move. they broke up things. Like you should read into this because I, I'm forgetting which member was like very, very particular about like we have to do things financially this way. We're going to release the first album, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers, which had, I mean, Protect Your Neck. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck, fuck with. with. Cream. Cream. Uh, um, the mystery of chess boxing. Bring, uh, bring the ruckus. Bring the ruckus. Bring the mother. Oh, my God. Bring the ruckus. Like, I, uh, so fun fact, old apartment, my roommate was there with a- And br- Method Man. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't my, eat green eggs and ham. My old Go roommate, on. my old roommate was in my apartment hanging out with a girl who I really didn't like. And I walked into the, I was like pretty drunk, was coming home from hanging out with like a different group of people. And I just did not want to deal with the situation. So I put on Bring the Ruckus on my phone, on speakerphone, like kicked the fucking door in, walked in, poured myself a gin and tonic and just went into my room and just blasted Wu-Tang. You showed her. Yeah, I I really, I really showed her. You really showed her. Yeah, I was super gangster listening to Wu-Tang Clan, spiting some girl that my buddy was hooking up with. but speaking of Wu-Tang Clan, uh, a majority of the uh, still living members were featured on a Logic song earlier this year uh, called Wu-Tang Forever, significantly better than the Drake song called Wu-Tang Forever, by the way. Um, I am a big Drake guy regardless, but I just wanted to shout this out. Uh, and it's Wu-Tang's first charting single in 16 years. Wow. That makes me kind of sad, to be honest, because... You know, we talk about Biggie, we talk about Pac, and we talk about, I mean, Jay-Z's been around forever and now too, but, I mean, we're a generation that has grown up with hip-hop as as a genre forever. I mean, in the early 90s, you were seeing this kind of really bust out and really become something. But, you know, we've grown up with it forever. We lived through 
you know, we, we've lived through so much of it with Drake and Kanye, insert other famous rapper here. But the fact that Wu-Tang Clan hasn't really been able to, like, it, it's, it's kind of lost. I almost feel like it's a lost art to a lot of people who listen to hip-hop on a regular well, basis. The now. style now is so far different from what it was back in 93, you know, 93 through 99, let's say. Now it's it's... You could say it's almost a different genre than it was back then. I mean, I think we're I think we're in the same way that like from alternative uh, the alternative rock emerged in the late seventies, early eighties, on the sole reason that you know what Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones and all those big rock bands had done, mm-hmm. people were looking for a different sound and a different way to express things. And, and it, it just progressed. Yeah, and and that's why we had alternative. Yeah, I mean, anything, anything in life, music, politics, life. Yeah, things change. Things change. Like the days go by one day at a time. Speaking of days. What's up on our calendar? Ah, um, so at this point, uh, we have some big, uh, some big musical artists releasing new albums, and many of them obviously going on tour. Uh, Kurt Vile just released a new album a few weeks ago called Bottle It In. Um, he's currently on tour, hitting up all the big cities. Um, Anderson Pac, he releases his new album November 16th. Uh, it's re- next Friday, right? Next, yeah, next week, next Friday. Um, if you haven't heard the song with uh, Kendrick Lamar that came out, uh, let check it out. Tints, great track. It it bangs, and also I mean, it's, s- it, it's groovy. It's got soul. It's 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 so much, and it almost like I hate to say it like this, but like it almost has like that, like that disco feel where it's like you could you could throw it down. Everyone in the room mm-hmm. is gonna be like, oh, this guy. Yeah, it's like a it, disco funk. It, yeah, it's got a really really cool unique sound, and. I mean, first of all, anything Kendrick right now that you put out and put in front of me, I'm like, yep, here for it. Mm-hmm. Put it on. I don't, yeah. Oh, Kendrick's on it? Done. Put it yep. on. Like, Gold. I, 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 there's been some really cool albums that came out over this last year. Here we are in like, it's, it's November of 2018. I still don't think anybody has put out a better album than Damn. I, I really don't think anybody has topped that it. That came out in 2017, right? Yeah, that came out in 2017. And like, I can still put it on. I can listen to it forwards, backwards. By the way, if you haven't listened to it backwards, you really should. I got the CD in the next room. I had I bought it on like, uh, and I don't buy CDs much anymore. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, no one buys CDs much That's anymore. True. That's true. I I mean I was one, I was doing that for a while, long time, but it was because my car. The only way I could listen to them was through CD. I didn't have That's like right. a thing. The but minivan has a CD player. Oh yeah. But it's an it's a 2009 model. If it was a new model, forget about it. No CD player. I think my car had a CD player. I just never used it. I don't remember. I we're in New York, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a car anymore. So, so check out Anderson Pac. Moving on, Little Dragon, uh, the acclaimed UK singer, uh, just released a really, really awesome EP. Uh, I'd say some of her best work in years. Um, definitely check that one out. The Beatles have released their 50th anniversary of the White Album. My second favorite Beatles album. We'll, we'll talk well, another time yeah, on Beatles, Beatles, Beatles another album. episode. Yes. Uh, Fleet Foxes have released a new compilation of old songs from 2006 to 2009, uh, right when they were getting started out. I highly recommend that as well. Cue in 10-second clip. All right, so that kind of, we're kind of close to wrapping up, I guess, what we're going to eventually call our pilot episode of Brickhouse. And like I said, we'll have more things coming out soon. Uh, definitely want to get an Instagram page going. Start throwing up some crazy fucking dumb memes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this episode, we'd like to conclude with a top five compilation of best 
movie soundtracks. All right. And first of all, I mean, yeah, we talked about movie soundtracks a lot today because we talked about mid-90s. But this top five thing is not a pilot thing. This top five is pretty much going to be an episode thing. And it's something that, you know, we're one of our longer term goals, interview some people, interview some cool people who are doing some cool stuff. So if you're doing some cool stuff, you're listening to this and uh, you want to you want to come on and promote whatever, hit us up. Uh, slide into the DMs, Instagram at Andrew Pissarro at ba da 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 da, or <laughs> just go or just go to my Instagram and temporarily, yeah, and find yeah, yeah, and find Joe because his is super fucking hard and impossible to find. Um, at Andrew Pissarro on Twitter, he doesn't use his Twitter anymore, so I'm not gonna throw shout it out. Yeah, don't even say it. Yeah. Great, great, great Twitter name. A great Twitter name for a different time. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, our top five for today is top five favorite movie soundtracks. Yes, appropriate because of the discussion on mid-90s movie uh who's going first uh i'd say rock paper scissor okay best one out of one best one out of one yes on the and shoot okay rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors and shoot, shoot. perfect uh, all right i'll go favorite. first all right so we'll snake draft it so i'll go first and then you'll take your next two i'm gonna open with days and confused days and confused is one of my all-time favorite movies but i mean the soundtrack from that is unbelievable in you, no particular order what top five no, it's my number one pick. Oh, well, okay. It's my it's my straight up like I couldn't let you take days of confused. Okay. Like I know we we've we've done some beta testing before this. There's some albums that may never be released or albums may be released after like episode one hundred. It's like a special. Who knows? We'll see. Uh maybe we'll release the tapes. But uh Days and Confused has a amazing soundtrack. It's all classic rock, it takes place in the mid seventies. Matthew McConaughey is a baby in that movie and he absolutely steals the show. Um Hey man. He has a man crush on Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I have a huge man crush on He's Matthew not ashamed McConaughey. of it. The older you get, the more rules people are trying to get you to follow. Great line from the movie. You haven't seen Days and Confused, have you? Not in its entirety. Oh, wow. We're, we're going to have a great day one day. Yeah. This, the, the scene I think of from Days and Confused is when that guy takes the paddle out and starts wailing on that kid's ass. That's not even a great scene. Dude, you got to get to the moon tower. I, yeah. You'll know say. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get you there. Uh, so I get two now, right? Yeah, you get two. Right, I'll start from number five, 500 Days of Summer. Ooh, okay. Yes. I haven't seen that one either. It's uh, it's like one of those like indie indie flicks, but it has a, it has a killer soundtrack. It has a uh, it has uh, Regina Spector, it has uh, Elbow, um, just really good, good movie too. Yeah. Uh, number four, Goodfellas, it's killer really soundtrack. Good. It's Scorsese a really good one. always has a good soundtrack. He does. He uses uh, stuff from Motown, 60s music, uh, classic Italian stuff. It's Layla at the end is just an absolute heater. Mm-hmm. Absolute heater. Mm-hmm. So I got two. I'm going to take High Fidelity, which is, again, one of my one of my all-time favorite movies. But the soundtrack is all over the place. I mean, and it's also the first movie that ever... It was like, you know, th- talk about debuts, Jack Black's first real like was that his first movie i don't think it was his first but i think it was his first movie where it kind of let jack black be jack black and he was great in that movie well, yeah he's like uh, he loves music yeah well they all love music well, yeah they all love music and it, i mean but it's, like i feel a school of rock it, it wasn't like you could have just called his character jack black and that's, oh yeah you could have yeah. you could have he they could have stolen the name of his character from high fidelity and and gave him that name at School of Rock very, very easily. Yeah, that's the perfect role for him. Um, yeah, so I'm going to put High Fidelity on the list. I know I know you had, we both talked about this one, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to go Lords of Dogtown. That's fine. I'm going to take Lords of Dogtown. The opening, the opening Jimi Hendrix, uh, they have uh, Voodoo Child, not Slight Return, regular Voodoo Child, the 14-minute mm. version, oh, opens, okay. opens the whole movie, 
and the kids are skating down to they're skateboarding down to the ocean in California in Venice at four o'clock in the morning as the sun's come up to catch the waves. And it's just like that's how the movie starts. And the is some forty one on that soundtrack? I don't remember, to be honest. I don't I feel like they are. I don't think so, but maybe. You have to look it up. Pass it on to me. Yeah, I'm passing it to you. Okay. My number three, Pulp Fiction. Great one. Great soundtrack as well. They have Miserloo. Mm-hmm. W- great way to start it. They have another um, great guitar instrumental track, uh, Rumble. Um, it's killer. Number two, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Great, great. Sarah really movie. cool movie. I'm not going to say it's an amazing movie, but it's. It's really cool. It's, it's really, a, really cool. I watched that for the first time on, a, on an international flight. It's a good way to kill two hours. Yeah, it was solid. Um, I Did you know that Beck wrote most of those songs in like less than a week? No. Yeah. Beck wrote most of that soundtrack. So that's my two and three. Move it on to... Uh, my, what is it? My four and five? You're correct. Is it? So. I guess four and five, and then you do your four and five. I do my number one. Okay, yeah. Um, there's a lot to choose from here. Um, I'm gonna go Wolf of Wall Street. Another, another Scorsese movie. Um, if any director is deserving to have a, a repeat on our list, it's Scorsese. I mean, he's all over the place in this movie. I mean, but the music fits where it is every single time. Uh, it introduced me to Devo, the not besides everybody knows Whip It Up by them, but uncontrollable uh, un- uncontrollable urges on that and where it is is just so perfect. Um, the whole soundtrack just absolutely slays. The only song that I don't like where it is in that movie is Everlong, like because that's right when they get married and they go on the honeymoon and he shows her the yacht. I just I not that it didn't fit, I just didn't like Everlong for that place. But the rest of the movie, everything is. Well, you have sentimental connection to the song Everlong. That is fair. T- take a step back from yourself. I can never do that. You know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just said Wolf. This is where it gets real hard because there's a lot of movies that I could put up there, and I don't know which one to do it with. I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy, though. That's a great choice. I was I was thinking about putting that on my list. Like Guardian, First of all, I mean, Guardians is all, like, what is that, late 60s, early 70s? Mm-hmm. And it's it's so good. Hooked on a feeling, which is great bar song, by the way. Well, not necessarily. Okay. When I say great bar song, it's like great from the hours of like 1230 to like 3 a.m. When like everyone's like feeling it, having a That's good time. That's a bar in, in a state where in New York. The bars are open until right. 4. That's why I said 1230 because like 1230 music in New York is still barely music. Like that's like, but like 1230 everywhere else is like things are going off. Like hooked on a feeling comes on. That's great. You've got you've got one more, I believe, right? Yes, my number one. It has been number one for probably about ten years. The Garden State soundtrack. Really, yes. I've never seen Garden State. I got it on a DVD. Okay. If you still have a DVD player, uh, I could pop it into my okay. Xbox on a rainy day. Just throw it on. Like today. Like today. Yeah. Like today. Um, another indie indie flick. Uh, Zach Braff from Scrubs. Natalie Portman was in it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, good good uh good duo. Um, it's just about some like couple from Jersey that just met. It's a, a weird, quirky couple. It seems um, like a very you movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but the soundtrack's just killer. Like this was, this came out in like oh two, oh three maybe, and he had the Shins on it before they got big. He had Simon and Garfunkel on it. He had uh, 
the Ivory Corporation. It's, it's just it's a killer soundtrack. It's, if you like indie music, definitely check it out. Do you want to hear a couple uh, honorable mentions? Yes. All right, I had School of Rock. Okay. Which is yeah had to we be mentioned there. it yeah. yeah almost famous was on that list. Fantastic. A great movie. Like every major like big name rock band between the seventies and eighties was featured on there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, when the Elton John song comes on, um, Tiny Dancer, mm-hmm. and they're all on the bus. Great scene. Amazing scene. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is on that list. Okay. Ferris Bueller's is like one of my favorite movies. So, and like the soundtrack is so 80s. Mm-hmm. And speaking of also great 80s movies that have great soundtrack, Ghostbusters. Okay. My honorable mention is the movie Weird Science. It's uh, one of those corny 80s movies, but they have the song Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo. I play it every year around Halloween time. If you don't know it, you're listening to it right now. our top five yeah that's our top five movie soundtrack yeah and i mean feel free to feel free if you hear this one to, to send us yours i know there's a bunch hit us up on the voicemail yeah hit us up on the voicemail it may or may not exist that right now yeah it might not exist um but yeah we'll we'll get to it and look for more episodes coming in the near future doing more stuff like this and like i said uh thank you, you for listening thank yeah. you for listening if you want to get if you want to get uh, involved hit us up and until then we out peace